I'm going to pray a minute. Dear Lord, I just pray that your words would flow through my mouth and that your spirit would pierce the heart of everyone here today with your love and that in return they would feel love for you. And we pray in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Diane. And thank you all for having me here to share my story. Um, it has been helpful for me to put together my story. So it's blessed me, and I hope it will also bless you. So the title of my talk is God Keeps His Promises. And um, I chose this because I'm going to share with you how I have seen him do this. Even in the most difficult of times, he kept his promises. So I use a rainbow to illustrate it. This is the lake that we go to in the summer. We've been going ever since before our kids were born. And um, this is a rainbow over that lake. God's very first promise was illustrated with the rainbow. He said, I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a token of a covenant, and covenant means promise, between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my promise, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more destroy all flesh and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting promise between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. So who am I? Um, some of you know me well um, as a member of Free Christian Church, um, but we all have so many identities. And as Diane mentioned, I didn't give her many, because I'm going to tell you now. Um, but I am a wife. Mike and I have been married for 28 years. Isn't he handsome? <laughs> we are empty nesters. And I tell you, it's been rough. As you can see in these pictures, sad, lonely days. No, I'm really enjoying it. Um, which reminds me of another one of God's promises. He says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. It's true. Another identity I cherish is I am a proud mother of three children Christian, Jackie, and Andre. Some adopted, some not, but all mine. My identity as a mother has changed now that they're adults. Parenting adult children is hard. It's much different than when they were living under your roof, but I'm very proud of them. I am a friend. So here's a picture of Joe, Carolyn, and Mike and I on our trip to Alaska. Since we've been empty nesters, we've made an, um, a concerted effort to reconnect to some of our friends. I am a sister. 
I'm a sister with four siblings and an aunt to 15 nephews and nieces, and here are a few of us. I'm also an employee. So I'm an employee at Mass General Hospital for Children, which is located in Salem, Massachusetts. And I work as a child and family therapist there. And as um, Diane mentioned, I'm a lecturer at Gordon College in the sociology department. And I belong to Free Christian Church. And it belongs to, I belong to it and it belongs to me. I have been a member since um, marrying Mike 28 years ago. So one of the most difficult decisions when we got married is um, what church to go to, because we both had our own churches. So we compromised. We'll come to his church, but we'll live in my town. So we live in Danvers. So I've been a volunteer at Free Christian Church, starting in the Sunday school when my kids were little. Um, I've worked with the elders. Right now, Mike and I are doing a grief share group on Sunday afternoons. So another identity that I cherish is that I'm a child of God. God promises that anyone who believes in him has a right to be his child. And I am really thankful for this gift. But I haven't always really understood what an incredible gift this is. Back when I was 20, I told God that I believed Jesus was real and that he had proved his love for me by dying in my place so that my imperfect self could live with him who is perfect in heaven forever. After I prayed that prayer, or it felt more like just told God that, I went back to reading the Bible, and the words of the Bible like had new life. Words that I had read just the, the day before had a power and a value that I can only attribute to a miracle. So reading the book of John, which my sister said, you gotta read John first. I'm like, okay. Reading the book of John, I could feel God's presence. Later I learned that this was another one of God's promises. When I got to John chapter 14, it said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home in them. So the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sent in my name, will teach you all things. That's what happened. So it was the Holy Spirit that made those words come alive once I yielded to Jesus as my Savior. So this part of God called the Holy Spirit came into me that day that I accepted Jesus as my person. And the Holy Spirit of God began teaching me just as he promised. But as time went on, life got busy, and I think I took my relationship with God for granted. I married, and we raised our children going to church. I sang all the good old hymns at bedtime, all those Southern Baptist hymns. 
and we memorize a small portion of scripture every week. We were planting God's word in their hearts and in our hearts as well. We tried to teach them that God's words contained wisdom. And when they became teenagers and began to question what they themselves really believed as young adults, I knew that God's word had been planted deep inside them. And I hoped that his spirit would remind them of these words of wisdom when they needed it most. That verse in John 14 goes on to say, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sent in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Memorizing his words is kind of like a safety net. It's insurance against the day when that you will really need it. So I think of it this way. If, um, if a farmer has a really good crop, they'll save some of it for the year that they maybe have a drought or a poor crop. Or um, we all work, but we save a, a little bit of our income for retirement because we'll need it then. Putting God's word in our heart is like that. Memorizing scriptures like that because we can draw on it in the dry times when we need it. So the writer of Hebrews says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I'm not sure what the author of Hebrews meant by the day approaching, but I think this could be God's wisdom preparing us for maybe that day when something happens that catches us off guard. A day when we need to hold on to his hope and hold on to his promises. A day when we will need those reserves that we have stored up in the good times. Well, that day came on September 29th, 2017, the day our son Andre died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 20. That was the day that I was being prepared for. The day that I saw them doing chest compressions on my son in the back of an ambulance. It felt like, felt like I was punched in the gut. I can't get a breath. You can't breathe. And when something like this happens, the whole world changes. And it's never the same again. My world changed that day. And I will never be the same again. But as the days went on, I began to realize that one thing had not changed. The God of the universe, he was still the same. 
And he promised to be with me no matter what. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Okay. So where was he now? Where was he when Andre was riding that stupid motorcycle? Where was he when I tried to comprehend how to live out the rest of our family life one short? Where was he when I felt that gaping hole in my chest? Or when I'd wake up in the middle of night terrified that something awful was about to happen and then realizing it already did. So let me tell you this, God showed up. He showed up in so many ways. And he's still showing up. Just a couple weeks ago, it's right before Christmas, I guess, I was going through AC Moore, and I passed this woman, she said hi, she looked familiar, but whatever. And then like 10 minutes later, she's coming back, she's looking for me, and she just held me. And she said, I know Christmas is hard. It's been two years. This must have been like one of Andre's friend's parents or something. That was a gift from God when I needed it. When I found that I couldn't pray, or when I found I couldn't read the Bible, God would bring scripture to my mind to comfort me. Simple scriptures like, Jesus wept. You know, God lost a son too. He knew how I felt. So we went to church the Sunday after Andre died. Many of his friends and their families came with us. We were all looking for some sort of comfort and frankly, answers. What we found was a group of God's people who showered us with love. We were embraced by people we knew well and other people that we really didn't know well, but were brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank God for the people at Free Christian Church. Our investment in this body of believers returned to us a hundred times over. Remember what God said in Hebrews? God, in his wisdom, told us to continue to meet, meeting together as brothers and sisters in Christ because the day was approaching and had now come. So I thank God that we did not give up meeting together when things were going well. After Andre died, Mike and I gathered some of our favorite people and formed a small group. <laughs> at, first, at first I wondered, they're just joining the group because I'm the woman who lost the kid and yeah, of course I'm gonna say yes to her to being in her group. But um, we've really just grown to share each other, laugh together, cry together, be goofy together at the murder mystery dinner. 
Amy did it, by the way. <laughs> Don't let the crown fool you. <laughs> All right, where am I? Andre died on a Friday night. On Sunday, we were here. We were here because this is our home. And what a blessing this church family was to us that day and in the days to come. What a witness this church was to Andre's friends. They said things like, I found my church. But God showed up in other ways too, giving me encouragement just when I needed it. Brett was one of Andre's good friends. He was one of the boys that was riding with Andre the day of the accident. He told us about a friend of theirs who saw Andre in a dream shortly after Andre died. Th this kid had just started hanging out with Andre and Brett and what they'd do is they'd get together and fix their motorcycles. Well, in the dream, this kid told Brett that Andre told him not to stop riding just because of him. Then in the dream, Andre turned around like someone was calling to him and then said, I have to go, keep on riding. And he said that in the dream, Andre was really happy. So Brett was skeptical. He thought that this kid was probably just saying this to make Brett feel better because Brett felt horrible because he was riding with Andre that night. He saw everything. So he said to the kid, yeah, right, what was Andre wearing? So, of course, the friend described the, the clothes Andre was wearing when he had the accident, something he would not have known. Now, I don't know what to make of this story, or even why it was told to me, other than I needed to hear something to give me hope. Hope that my baby boy was all right and that I would see him again someday. So does God really talk to us like this? I don't know, but I don't see why not. Oh, what a goofball. Well, we all worry about our kids. We worry about the choices they make, we worry about their safety, and we worry about their salvation. We want them, we, we want them to, we want to see them in heaven when we get there. Many of us have raised our children in the faith only to wonder if they have truly believed in Jesus for themselves. Well, I remember when Andre was around 14, he's the one on the left. He was going through a particularly rough time, and I told him, you might not believe in God, but he believes in you. Well, one day, shortly after Andre turned 18, he comes home with his forearm covered with this big, with this big bandage, and Mike and I were having dinner, and he starts giving this lame story about how he fell, and he, he hurt his arm here, and I'm like, Andre, just show us the tattoo. 
Well, he showed us the most beautiful calligraphy of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It was beautiful. This was the verse that he had memorized so many years ago, and it became his favorite. I had no idea he even remembered these words. But he told us that day that he chose these words because he knew a, tat a tattoo was permanent, and he wanted it to be something meaningful. So I think the hardest question with what we've been through is the why question. Why would God allow this to happen? Why would God do this to me? Why would a good God let this happen to my boy? I don't know the answers to these questions. But I will tell you what I do know. I know that Andre was a terrible driver. <laughs> he had so many moving violations, he had to take the mandatory driver re-education classes twice <laughs> to reinstate his license. After he died, his girlfriend showed me a video she took of him driving down Route 128 at 100 miles an hour with her in the passenger seat. So maybe why is the wrong question? Maybe the question for me is what? What did God know about Andre in his future? By allowing him to die that day, what was he spared? What were we spared? How long would it have taken Andre to kill someone? You see, God knows our past, our present, and our future. He sees all, he knows all. He is who he is. In the book of Job, Job's about this, this man who had a horrible time, so many losses. And in chapter 37, it says this. Listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He, God, unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the end of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. So I think of it this way. Imagine that you're watching a parade. 
You can see what's in front of you and you remember what you've seen go by in the parade. But you can't see what's coming up. Much as we strain to look, we can't really see it all. But God, he's in the blimp. (laughs) He's flying over the parade. He can see everything. He can see what we have seen, what we now see, and what we have not yet seen. He can see the future. And he can intervene today. And that's exactly what he did for us, even before Andre's accident. Um, Before Andre died, Christian was still at Gordon College getting a degree in uh, business administration, and he had to take a philosophy course. And he had the opportunity to take a two-week course in January in Orvieto, Italy, to satisfy his philosophy requirement, and family could go. So at a, pretty, at a quite reduced rate, because we stayed in a monastery and such, family could go, and we could sit in on the lectures, which we were required to do, and do the readings, and go see this wonderful art and understand what it meant. So Mike and I are like, ooh. So we told the kids, hey, let's go to Italy. And Christian's like, great, I'll get my four credits. Jackie was like, sign me up. And Andre said, can I please stay home? Please, 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 please stay home. I'll take care of the house. I'll be good. He wasn't an academic. He didn't want to look at art. So we said, yeah. He was like, what, 19, 20 years old. You can stay home, take care of the house. So we made plans to go to Italy without him. That fall, he died. That January, we went on the trip, just the four of us. The plan was to go without him anyway. And frankly, we needed the time to get away and figure out how to be a family of four. God had placed that in our future, knowing that is what we needed. It was a miracle. So, with the help of God, who promised to walk with me no matter what, I have found things to be thankful for. And this in itself is another miracle. So, what am I thankful for? So, um, Joe Biden at John McCain's funeral um, went to the podium and he said, he's lost a son, and he said um, to the family, there will come a time when the memory of your father and your husband will bring a smile to your lips before it brings a tear to your eye. So I can smile when I think about Andre locking my purse to the dishwasher (laughs) on April Fool's Day. He taught us to live life to the fullest, to laugh often, and he loved with abandon. I'm thankful to God 
that the accident that took Andre's life only took his life. He was the only person injured. No one else was even remotely involved in the accident. Another car did not touch him. It was all him. And Andre did not survive the accident. But God spared him in so many other ways. And for this I am truly thankful. Andre was spared from the guilt of killing someone else. Andre was spared from the guilt of injuring his girlfriend who would drive with him in the truck. I thank God for the way Andre died. It was instantaneous. He felt no pain. It was so quick that his heart stopped and kept his body from bruising. So when I went to say my last goodbye to my baby boy, he looked handsome, beautiful, just the way I wanted to remember him. Through this experience, I have developed a radical acceptance of who God is. He is all-powerful. He is wise. And he is a good God all the time. And he's in charge. So, of course, I got a tattoo. <laughs> the way I memorize this verse is from 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror, then we, sh we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I am fully known. But this more modern translation, I think, fits better, because back when this was written, um, mirrors were not really good at reflecting. So the more modern translation is that we don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in the fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, just as God sees us. So I, I don't know the answer to the why question. But I can tell you what I do know. I know that God keeps his promises. And I will see Andre again. I know that God is good all the time. I know this because he has revealed this to me through his spirit that lives in me. And I know that God can see the whole picture when I can't. So we focus on what we do know, God's promises. We know, oh, so this one. So that moose sighting one, go back one.
We were hiking up in Maine and hoping to see a moose. We had never seen a moose in Maine. So he runs up ahead, and he was our moose for us. <laughs> what a goofball. All right. We know that there will, be, will come a day when he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the older, old order of things will pass away, and he will make all things new. We know we will be given what we need because Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. God did not kill Andre. God did not stand by and let Andre die. God let Andre be Andre. What God did do is he took him after he died to be with him and to live with him very happily in heaven. Because God promised that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So in closing, first of all, I'd like to thank you again for letting me share my story with you. It has blessed me to talk about Andre and to look at these pictures and to praise my God who is still with me and to remember Andre to you. So this last word, before your day approaches and he told us that we will have trouble internalize scripture so that the spirit can bring it to your mind when you need it. Sing songs of praise because they'll bless you when you cannot pray. And invest in Christian friends because you can be real with them and they will hold you up. And he will come back for us. This, I know, because he promised. Thank you.